Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Let's face it, the future is now. We're living in a connected cyber society, and we need to stop ignoring it or pretending that it's not affecting us. Join us as we explore how humanity arrived at this current state of digital reality and what it means to live amongst so much technology and data. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Black Cloak provides concierge cybersecurity protection to corporate executives and high net worth individuals to protect against hacking, reputational loss, financial loss, and the impacts of a corporate data breach. Learn more at blackcloak.io. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. All right, welcome everybody. This is another episode of Redefining Society on ITSP Magazine. This is Marco Cipelli. And as you know, of all the things that we talk on ITSP Magazine, I always try to take the side of humanity. I'm not really always too proud of it, but uh, I, th I think fundamentally we're doing the right thing. And most of the time, we use technology really without thinking about what can we do with it as, it, as an everyday users. We just like the blinking light. Uh, people that know me, they, they know I like to say blinking light. Like it's attractive, it's fun. I can play games with it. And, and I feel like this is kind of like what everybody is envisioning when we think about virtual reality. And then there is the big word, which is metaverse, which means a lot of things, a lot of different things, depending on who is telling you the story. I had heard many different definitions of the metaverse. And my point here is why this is not part of the technology-driven conversation, but the society one, is because our guest today has some great initiatives on how to use technology, and in particular, virtual reality, to break barriers, to unify us, to bring uh, diversity and inclusion as one of the objective of why we develop certain technology and use it in a certain way. So, of course, this is not my podcast. It's our guest podcast, which is Eve Logunova Parker. And she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and all the things that she's doing. So, Eve... Welcome to the show. Hi, Marco. Thank you for having me. And hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Eve Luganova Parker, and I'm founder and CEO of Evness. It is an extended reality global solutions provider for um, uh, clients who are willing to uh, enable a very smooth and efficient uh, remote team collaboration or increase the efficiency of learning programs and trainings and all done with the power of a virtual reality and extended reality via browser. 
So here I am, originally from the Netherlands, but now celebrating the incorporation of Evenus in the United States. So, woohoo, Evenus Inc. <laughs> Congratulations. Tell, tell us a little bit more about your background. How, how did you end up in focusing on virtual reality? Was it a passion of yours? Was it, how, how did you end up deciding to go there and then to do with that what you're, what you're doing? Right, that's a great question. Um, it's been a journey for me for the last uh, 15 years. I started uh, working for big companies, including Alcatel Lucent, IBM, uh, Ingenico Payments that became worldwide in fintech sphere. And every job I was in every job I was focusing on innovations and growth, working with innovations labs and advanced technology. So I think because I'm curious. Uh, by nature, uh, I always wanted to explore what's there. Was there, is there anything more than what we are having already? Can we build something that will be for um, for the people, make it better for us and better for the world, and save the planet eventually? As such, I've been experimenting with various concepts: uh, smart computing, quantum computing, uh, autonomous driving cars, and later artificial intelligence. Till the year 2020, right before the pandemic hit, I found my passion in the metaverse. And why I did so is that because I was also involved with a community organization, I'm still involved, the Women in AI. And we started running, um, executing um, a startup bootcamp for female founders. And that was organized uh, because of being curious once again, organized in virtual reality um, with, uh, with our partners. And that fascinated me. What you can do, you literally remove all the boundaries and limitations to bring people from across the globe, Asia, Australia, Americas, uh, Europe. They all come and meet like in person without the need for traveling, without the need for creating more CO2 emissions. And then find that pleasure of meeting new people, establishing connections and learning from one another. So that's how I discovered that it is my passion. And in 2021, January, uh, we launched Evenus. I'm going to go with a hard question. I mean, it's not hard. You, you know your answer. But as I said at the beginning, metaverse. Like I heard many stories. There's many definitions. Some people need, you need to have the virtual reality goggle on. Otherwise, it's not. Other people say, no, nah, augmented reality is good enough or whatever. What is your definition of metaverse? I'm curious to know that. That will be our start. Yeah, there are various, uh, very many definitions, various uh, definitions available. I would say for me, it's, um, it's a digital network of virtual, augmented and extended reality that uh, bridges the gap between online interactions and real life. Basically, it's the replica of opportunities and possibilities that we can have in physical life well, one exception is touching one another, but virtually only. Uh, for for the moment, right? I'm sure haptic. It's gonna... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. We're all moving that direction. <laughs> so we'll be giving hugs and feeling it. Yes, that's a that's fantastic opportunity. Okay. Uh, so, um, but it's not exactly the replica of the physical world because you can come up with such various concepts that 
do not exist in this reality. You can build castles in the sky. You can uh, enable missions missions to Jupiter and, and establish your hubs there. You can come up with whatever your mind allows. Uh, hopefully, it's ethical and uh, with good values behind that. But this is the beauty of becoming a creator without studying how to be an artist. And it is the beauty of understanding human interactions and empower people with the power of technology. And, and I guess what you do with that is up to you. I, I always like to quote the famous uh, Peter Parker uncle, Spider-Man, that says, with great power come great responsibility. So once you have this, how do you use it? And that's why I, I, I was excited to have this conversation with you because you don't want to replicate... Well, in an ideal world, I'm very idealistic sometimes. They don't want to replicate the bad things. Mm -hmm. Try to replicate the good things, and then maybe we can learn something there that we can apply in our everyday life. Kind of like we bring back our avatars in our, really, in our real life, whatever real means, because I think virtual reality is real mm -hmm. anyway, but that's, that's another story. What's the movement there? Like, because, like I said, it, it all sounds like it's all fun and games, but there is training that you can do online. There is mm -hmm. cultural travel. There is visiting place in history. It's it's kind of like you can time travel. And how do you how do you see? Do you feel like you're the only one or only few handful of people that are thinking, "Wow, this could be a great way to to help." diversity and inclusion, or, or there is a movement behind that? Well, right. I've, you know, in this hype of metaverse, uh, with everyone or majority of people going after selling NFTs and selling lands and uh, getting commercial profits, it feels like I am among few people, my team members and then the other startups that I know of, mostly female-led, just saying. But it feels that we are using the momentum as humanity to make money instead of redefining what happened in the wrong way in the real life and just rebuild the world uh, in the virtual uh, domain that would have the right values, the value of respect to one another, value of accepting uh, people who come as they are and they uh, proud of their identity or their skin color or, I don't know, any superpowers that they have. I don't call it disabilities, but it's superpowers. People are different. It's diversity that we need to really, well, uh, acknowledge. So now with building the metaverse, and by saying the metaverse, I'm not referring to uh, Facebook meta and the uh, <laughs> no. completely different concept that uh, Mark Zuckerberg has in his head. But the metaverse for me is uh, integrated open metaverse that is run by various providers with this virtual spaces that are smoothly integrated. And you can travel from one hub to another and you can do many things from, you know, sh uh, learning to shopping, from uh, exchanging uh, some goods and services to uh, just uh, chilling in the virtual sun. So um, on the path to that metaverse, um, we have a chance now to really look into the tech stack to understand how we are building the data sets, how we are um, tracking 
uh, well, consuming data and uh, tracking the performance because there are some policies for GDPR, for example, making it, uh, well, has to be very ethical in terms of how companies use uh, people's data. And also with that, put diversity, inclusion, equity um, on top of this agenda of building the metaverse because you can create now finally a place where avatars are different, yes, that's diversity of avatars, but then it also gives an opportunity to replicate or um, project the learning of accepting the different avatars to the real world where you start accepting different people for their creative looks and for their uh, different intentions and backgrounds. You also have an opportunity to um, structure the move forward uh, together, building the communities, not just decentralized organizations that are trying to centralize everything, but to have this shared fair economy. Um, So I find it's a really great momentum to start being good and be great at it. You know, we've been doing wrong in many dimensions and um, the planet is telling us that, hey, time to fix things. And people are telling us, hey, try to uh, time to include us and fix things. I agree. I was actually reading an article uh, two days ago about people with physical disabilities. And we're talking about maybe that they don't see well or they can't move. So even when you're using the controllers and the goggles in the in, in the virtual world, they're saying, look, you're kind of recreating the same problem that we have in real life. One, one person was talking about why do I have to grab something? He was talking about a game, I believe. No, actually it was to exploring um, the Anna Frank Museum in Amsterdam, mm, mm-hmm. where in order to enter into the secret area, you had to perform a, a, a physical act, even in the virtual world, that this person couldn't do. And like, why could it just push a button? And so it makes me think really like, wow, the connection between the real world and the virtual world, it can bring the same bias that we have been dealing with in this world. So it makes me think about accessibility and that's where I would like for you to go. Accessibility in terms of people with disabilities and accessibility in terms of democratization of can everybody eventually be able to access the metaverse or there is a price tag that somebody can't Mm. afford to do that. So I think there is an entire long conversation there. Right, uh, this is what we actually focus on and uh, I, I kind of claim pride in this. Um, we focus on building our solutions with inclusion and accessibility first uh, in mind and also in a way that it guarantees the seamless and smooth experience, whether it's learning, whether it's just walking around, cooperating. Um, so the case that you brought up is actually not the technology, uh, limitation. It is the user experience design limitation. People who were behind that didn't think inclusive enough to really look at various profiles. We have about 25 personas, to be honest with you, uh, that we focus on. And within those groups, we have also variations of, uh, for example, it can be hearing or mobility or vision or uh, ADD or a- many other ways of people 
uh, reading and understanding content differently. So when you build, you should also um, consider those groups. And let's say in the example for hearing, right? People with hearing abilities, uh, disabilities, they would uh, be enabled being in the virtual reality with speech to text translated and appearing in front of them. If I would be talking, they would be able to read what I'm saying simultaneously, right? It's it's just there right in front of you. Uh, platforms like Spatial, they're very uh, good at uh, using speech to text and it helps a lot of people with hearing disabilities. Well, you have to read, that's one thing, you have to know how to read. Um, another way is, um, we saw joy, you know, from people who are in wheelchairs and they get to the virtual environments and they feel that they can walk again and move again and it gives them inspiration, freedom. And they're like, wow, I can see the world, and whether it's time traveling or uh, missions to explore the universe or, I don't know, some, some parks um, and adventurous quests. They love it because they, they simply don't have this joy in physical world. When it comes down to uh, vision, so that's a little bit tricky. Uh, well, a lot tricky. If you can see, you can see. You can hear, but then you don't have that immersive experience or uh, you can't really navigate across the content easily. We are all waiting for uh, the advancements brought to us by science and medicine when we can enable somewhat chips into the brain that would stimulate vision. Uh, because goggles will not do anything. You need to go from within in order to um, uh, reactivate that function. But hearing, they, yes, they can. They can listen to the content. Um, it just needs to be yeah, tailored per, uh, for that persona in particular. So I would say, uh, no matter what the, the solution is, Metaverse, uh, mobile app, Web 3.0, social media network, name it. It always has to be built with inclusion and accessibility first, because then you can not only secure your followers and uh, the fans, but you can also empower people, enable them, and do that wonderful ultimate mission that you can achieve by uh, giving them a chance in life. And tell me about the other part of becoming accessible so that it's it's democratized and everyone mm -hmm. theoretically of course i mean you need it you need an internet access you need a, a few things so that there is already that the democratic digitalization conversation on that side um how about the metaverse i mean do, do you see that becoming accessible in that way economically speaking to to mm -hmm. everyone um, or at least anyone that wants to be part of it? Right, uh, that's a very, very good question because we have different types of metaverse. You have the downloadable version, which is more like uh, an app web, in a web browser, well, not web browser, but it's an app where you can uh, explore the same things as an open metaverse, but you have to download. And this, this is done for big companies and enterprises willing to host uh, thousands and thousands of people for their events. So that ensures the uh, capacity uh, and performance. Now, uh, what Evenus, my company, has decided to do on day, uh, day one, uh, we picked a set of partners who 
do not require anyone to download the, um, their solutions, their platforms, but you can access, access them via one click. And you can access them in uh, a web browser, on a smartphone, and via additionally in a VR headset. But this comes as add-on for those who can afford that. So then we're looking at groups of people uh, with low income or those who are new to all of these tech wonderful no <laughs> developments, um, this tech one for developments. Um, then you're looking at the laptop. Uh, ideally, it's a VR-ready laptop. It is a laptop that is used for gaming. Then you have enough power to make it all smooth and fast, and uh, uh, it's it just pleasant. If you don't have, and I'm saying that your laptop better be produced in no later than 2017, uh, if you have the older version, that's where you have or uh, slow processing power, so it loads slowly, or there are some interruptions. So that becomes just not a very nice experience, but it's possible. Now, uh, platforms for developing metaverse or various types of metaverse, they're different. They're, they're ones that offer perfect graphics, they are the heavy ones, and the ones who offer, uh, as it's called, low poly, like very light and edgy designs, but then it's very light. Despite the fact that there are two types of platforms for building the metaverse uh, spaces, you can still uh, see that there is progress and every day there's some new announcement coming from those companies trying to make it lighter and still improve the looks and feels. Mm -hmm. You can access nowadays on smartphone and it's more like a spectator mo uh, mode where you can go around galleries and uh, attend the workshops, but you don't have the whole picture that you look around mm -hmm. and uh, it's a bit limited. On the, other hand, uh, on the other hand, with VR headsets, you have the full picture. It's immersive. You walk in that gallery. You uh, almost touch that artwork and artifact. So that... That depends on what you can afford, but despite the fact that if you can't, uh, you still can find a way to use your smartphone or laptop in order to get uh, as much as possible uh, out of those platforms. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I, I think it's a very important point because, you know, some people say, you know, any augmented reality, it's already that. And even just looking at something, I mean, I remember years ago, uh, multiplayer games where mm -hmm. you 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 you're immersed. Sure, you're not there virtually, but you're you're living that experience. So I, I can see I, I agree with that. You mentioned touching a, um, a work of art, experiencing mm -hmm. that. So let's get into what was actually the reason why we got connected, which is. <laughs> the Respect Project. I would like for you to tell us a little bit about that and how it is actually connected with the Black History Month and, and maybe the mm -hmm. reason why you did it and what's been your experience with doing that? Um, on March, on the 1st of March, uh, which is the United Nations Zero Discrimination Day, we've launched uh, the virtual gallery Respect as a social project meaning that everyone is welcome to visit. There is no ticket uh, cost. Uh, uh, there is uh, no secret, you know, uh, ads or uh, hooks that people uh, can expect from other platforms. Uh, 
Um, we did it as a social initiative because we find it very important to remind people that respect is the key value we need to focus on in those turbulent times that we're living in. And it's not only today. If we look back on the uh, history, on, uh, on centuries, we will see uh, have a lot of discrimination, um, uh, hate, abuse, all the evil acts, as I would call, just people against people. Um, and we believe it's because the understanding of human uniqueness uh, was lacking back in the day. Now with uh, Black Lives Matter, with Me Too campaigns, with diversity and inclusion on top of corporate agendas, we see there is a change that uh, well, we can see that it's happening. We're not there yet. Uh, and sometimes diversity and inclusion becomes more a quarter than uh, actual, you know, <laughs> good thing. So we launched the gallery to share the stories of amazing, inspiring people uh, who are people of color, who have been called for the last century uh, those innovators and storytellers and uh, artists and uh, civil activists and peacemakers. Many of them were called hidden figures because they were never mentioned or they were uh, cut out from history books even. You know, so we found the moment to remind ourselves that why the heck are we doing this? Why? And it came with a struggle, it came with fights, and it came with really stand for the rights. And I am very, very inspired by those people who made our world as it is today, from the good point of view. And uh, we just need to learn from their stories. Uh, we can learn history from their stories and um, we can learn about the initiatives that happened. So we focused on people of color in the way that it, it is a certain group indeed, but this is the group of people who've been hidden and they actually influenced the world. Uh, for example, there is Tiara Fletcher, right? She's uh, the leading engineer. It, uh, working at Boeing. I don't know if people know her story. Please welcome to the gallery to discover. But she is building the fastest rocket together with NASA that will take people to Mars. Have you heard about this story? Probably not. But you should know because it's very inspiring. And you can also learn about the stories of people of color from across the globe, not only Americans. And that makes it... Uh, incredible to just know that, wow, there is so much history that we don't know. And I feel such a deep respect for those people who went through all the hurdles to uh, make the world as it is. And we'll launch it on the 1st of March, right after the Black History Month, because we just simply believe it shouldn't be a one-month campaign. It should be always open for anyone to come and learn, bring kids, bring colleagues, organize a picnic party in the gallery, <laughs> But come and learn. Yeah, I, I definitely am uh, with you. When every day that there is a day of something, I'm like, why is the day of something? It, this is this is 365. You, I mean, it's okay that you remind that and you push it on the media, but mm. it's not about that. Talking about that, um, I like before we close to touch on two things that, of course, they go together, mm -hmm. and one is ethics 
right? And maybe you can you can actually chime in with artificial intelligence ethics and how it maybe drive the the metaverse anyway, probably. And most of all, connected to that, the inclusion by design. I, I read that in one of your notes. Um, define inclusion by design and the role of maybe starting with ethics when we think technology? Uh, it starts with the idea, actually, and the first thought that the innovator or developer or uh, CEO has uh, before building the product. So envisioning the solution first should start, uh, start first with what are the ultimate goal? What are you trying to do? To just earn a chunk of money or you're actually helping the society, you're helping the world, you're uh, offering a solution to, uh, I don't know, somewhat important uh, issue that exists. So then you can start uh, also looking at the ways forward, who are the groups that you are uh, uh, aiming at uh, to educate, to to uh, skill, uh, or to bring to your platform. What are the sustainable development goals that you would like to contribute to? What are the uh, what is the even the happiness index? How do you want your people feel who are working together with you and who are coming to your gallery? Then, as soon as this is kind of mapped on digital paper. Then you can start building with explaining it to the developers, designers, UX uh, um, designers to make it smooth and simultaneous and yet efficient in the way. And the way you do it, um, you understand what is the point A of starting the journey in your uh, metaverse, for example, and what's the final point of that journey, where are you leading people? What is the learning outcome that you want to uh, enable? Is that something that as an e-commerce you want them to buy something? That's okay, clear. But if it's uh, storytelling, then what next? What's the action they need to take? Or what's the knowledge they need to bring back to the physical world together with them? And then you start looking at, okay, so I expect People come into my space, they're all different. They need to relate. They, they want to come as they are. So they need to have the looks and, uh, I don't know, attire uh, to pick from, to create their avatars, or similar to who, how they look right now in real life, or uh, imaginary, I don't know, unicorns <laughs> flying in the sky. Or uh, they can actually create an avatar uh, in a way that's, is their secret and hidden identity, but they can finally reveal it and see how people respond to that. Men coming as women uh, and so on. So that is a mapping journey that needs to happen. And it doesn't take an hour, I'm telling right away. It takes uh, months and months to think it all through, to uh, really look into every data point. Uh, how do you collect the minimal amount of data, but you provide the maximum outcome on that collection. And um, I would say what is not there yet, and that's um, my message to all the parents, please do not, do not let your kids hang out in VR by themselves. And many, um, well, one particular platform 
that is very well known right now. They don't have restrictions. So basically, uh, children are exposed to um, various bad experiences. And this is one thing that needs to be taken uh, into consideration when building solutions that it's not parental restrictions, but it's designing technology that is harmless. It's safe. It's uh, secure. People are not to make vulnerable, to uh, take advantage of in the virtual dimension. So all those companies who are building the platforms, I really encourage them to pay attention to all those elements of preventing the risks of abuse and uh, harassment and discrimination. Yeah, we, we are starting to see few too many of those things happening in the news from from harassment to, I mean, it, honestly, it, it's turning and I don't know why people would expect <laughs> this to be different, but it's like the problem that we have in this society, the real world, it goes into the, the, the metaverse or the virtual reality. But why? Because, well, we're creating that, right? <laughs> so, um, Right. And those companies who are creating those spaces for... I'm trying to find the right word how to describe those people, but uh, a little bit uh, a naughty, twisted mind, I would uh, find a nice way of presenting it. <laughs> uh, so those people who are literally searching for platforms that provide that naughtiness and uh, yeah, uh, rough experiences, they can find those solutions because there's someone or a group of people who are building them. And that's my tremendous concern why would you do that build a nice gallery build a school build a place to hang out why do you build motels and burlesque show that end up with you know what and how it's just so not necessary anymore hmm. it's just wrong yeah i agree I agree, but i think there is the, the the good news here is i believe that People are, as they project themselves into how am I going to go into the metaverse or the virtual reality, how can I not bring, as you said, all the bad things that we have here? And maybe, again, we started with this, bring it back into a better way, especially when you talk about kids and children and, and diversity and, uh, and, and a lot of that. So I have to be honest, some days I'm excited about humanity, some other days i'm not <laughs> so but i do believe that if we start thinking ethics and we bring philosophy in technology and we're doing that um i think i think it's going to be very beneficial for for the society that we live in every day um, at least that's my hope margaret uh, i'll tell you that we as builders of those new solutions metaverse ai name it we are the guardians of ethics. It is up to us to build it or not, and it's up to us to stand strong and be strict and say no. It is tempting uh, to, to, to see all those I don't know, billions of money circulating in the air that you can easily get as an apple from a tree. Mm -hmm. But hey, of course you'll become rich, but you also will become rich by doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's technology that uh, brings people together and you still charge the service fee or sell the tickets to. But 
people who are building, please do stand firm, uh, saying no to all those temptations that are just replicating the bad things that we've been suffering from. Let's build an universe that is friendly and uh, cheerful and makes people happy and they want to come back for more and not only for the rough experiences. Well, I, I don't think I can close this podcast in uh, with a more uh, w- with a more relevant message as the one that you just did. So, Eva, I want to thank you so much for the time you've, you've taken to tell us your perspective on this. I, I appreciate all you're doing, and um, for the audience, we will have notes in the podcast and uh, Eve share with us some resources that you think will be relevant for people that want to learn a little bit more about this artificial intelligence and ethics of course the respect project which i again i think it's a it's an excellent initiative and i hope many more are going to follow and uh hopefully we i've, I've picked a few topics that i'm like hmm i would like to bring it back to to join this conversation so I, i'm hoping that you will join us again sometime too and uh, thank you very much I really appreciate it thank you Marco I really like this conversation thank you thank you speak soon bye BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities protect customers and make the digitally connected world a safer place Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Black Cloak provides concierge cybersecurity protection to corporate executives and high net worth individuals to protect against hacking, reputational loss, financial loss, and the impacts of a corporate data breach. Learn more at blackcloak.io. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.